pretty. Hello, interwebs. We are back again for another episode of the Fusion Underground. Yes, and we are. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited too. I'm really excited to be here. I missed you. I, love, I missed you too. I love doing this. I do too. I have a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun doing this. Um, this is episode 61 of the Fusion Underground. So we've been doing this. We've been doing this for more than a year now. We release once a week. Mm-hmm. Barring uh, a couple exceptions, we missed you know here or there, yeah, but it, but pretty dang consistent for a year, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. you know it happens, you know. But uh, sixty episode sixty one of the Fusion Underground, and here at the Fusion Underground, what we try to do is we try to make sense of the world by having principled discussions about such topics as entertainment, current events, politics, and culture. Our mission is to educate people to become critical thinkers so they can live more empowered and happier lives. As always, I'm your host Manuel Ramirez, and I'm joined in the virtual studio as always. By the one, the only, the magnificent, Jason Moret. How you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Still here. Still, still living the dream. Uh, absolutely, Survi and surviving the nightmare at the same time, right? <laughs> hmm. Interesting. We are. We're starting a whole series here. Yeah. At least for 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 quite a few episodes here. We're starting a, a a new series. So I was turned on to a particular book by. Uh, a researcher, her name is Shanti Feldhahn. I think I'm pronouncing that right. I don't know. No, no don't look at me. I ain't even going to try. That's yeah. all you. <laughs> Shanti Feldhahn. I think she was actually a, uh, wasn't she a journalist or something before? Um, but she wrote a book. The first book that she wrote is called uh, For Women Only. For Women Only. And it's what you need to know about the inner lives of men. Um. And what's interesting about this, so we're going to talk about this book and we're going to dive into this book. And then she wrote a second book called For Men Only. Now, what are these books about? Uh, these books are, for example, the first one we're going to talk about, For Women Only, really exposes how us guys think and feel when it comes to relationships. So the idea is to really expose how men view relationships, what we think about, so that women in these relationships can understand guys a little bit better and understand what guys need or what guys are looking for, what guys want. Um, and this is really for, although it doesn't have to be, but it was these, these books are really written for people that are in committed relationships. Okay. Um, you don't have to be, I learned a lot by reading these two books. I read both of them. I've read both of these books. I just finished them. Uh, I read a lot about my, I learned a lot about myself in reading these these books. And I thought this, who, nobody's talking about this. I never heard of these two books before. 
they've been out there since what, 2009 or something like that. I don't know. So I was talking to you about it and we thought, well, let's, uh, let's talk about these books and let's, um, let's dive into it and see is Shanti Feldhahn really, uh, does she know what she's talking about or, or not? What are you, <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you looking at me like this? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, 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 we need to stop. Okay, so I got to I got to get this out of my system I think first cuz you yeah, started so talking too. to me about this book which I was really intrigued actually. Okay. I was very intrigued. Okay. Um enough that I did buy um the the both of these two books for my wife and I to read uh together. Okay. But <clears throat> you had told me you came across and read this book and then, and after talking to me a little bit about it, then you told me the the title and it was called, it's called For Women Only. Yeah. And I've had this deep burning question in the pit of my stomach that has been egging at me for at least a week. All right. What the hell caused you to pick up, purchase, and or read a book, Dr. Ramirez? called for women only <laughs> there's got to be a story to this because we and i've got to get this out otherwise i'm never going to make it through our discussion well somebody actually <clears throat> showed me the study guide there's actually study guides for this so for women for example there was one written for women who want to do like a book club and it's a little it's this little pamphlet kind of a, of a book um, and in talking about relationships, this came up and it was like, Hey, have you ever heard of this before? So I said, no, I've never heard this. And I checked out the little pamphlet book. That's the one I, I that's actually what I thought it was originally was this. And it was really small. I read it in an hour. Um, and I thought, wow, this is really interesting. I wanted to, I want to read the, the main book on which the little study guide is based the little on little study guide. Okay. Right. So then I went and found the main book and i read that in a day because the book was i was just captivated i just as i read about it um yes this book is geared toward women um but men should read it too because it helped me understand a lot about myself and how i how i operate in a relationship and i realized that i'm not an outlier it really, okay. it made me realize that I was normal. So I was actually glad I read this book for women. Well, whoa, 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 whoa. You're, 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 you're making a little bit of a leap here for me. If you're going to say normal, I mean, let's, let's, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, let, let's, you know, let, let's talk about it. So we're, we're going to, we're going to kind of, you know, break this, uh, break this down. So just um, so a couple of caveats about to set the stage for this book. Um, this book is, is written, um, by, um, by a married woman. Okay. And she elicited the help of her husband in the research for this book. So they, they didn't really write it together. Um, the for men only, they wrote it more together because, uh, it's, at, um, the, the, the woman Shanti, whatever her name is, uh, Shanti, she, it's as if she's speaking to you when you're reading the book for women only. But her husband, Jeff, is the one speaking to you when you read for men only. 
that, it's actually it. really interesting and it works out. It, it actually is kind of kind of neat. But to let people know, understand at least where these two are coming from, um, they're they're a very devout Christian couple. Okay, so they do inject. Um, there is some of their Christianity. They don't they don't hide the fact that they're Christian. They don't hide the fact that they um, are devout in their faith to Christ. Okay, so if that bothers you, well, it shouldn't bother you because it's very small. It's very minor. So for those that are like, oh, I don't want some religious book. It's not a religious book. They just don't hide the fact that they're coming at, they're writing this book from the standpoint of being uh, of, of members of the Christian faith, which I, you, I actually really liked. Yeah, you can be a religious person and recognize that that has some influence on who you are as an individual right. without having to make everything you do be religious. Correct. What makes what really makes the these two books fascinating in my perspective as a researcher is they 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 worked with um, questionnaire specialists, people who do questionnaires and do surveys for a living, basically. So they're experts at how you structure questions to try to really get at the root of what what it is that you're asking. Okay, there are there are very specific ways to write questions where you're not injecting bias into the survey. Okay. And I don't think people recognize how difficult that can be. Yeah. I mean, really when you're, when you're doing uh, questionnaires and, you know, I used to do market research way, way, way back when, um, but trying to elicit non-biased responses, it, it's, it takes a significant amount of work and wordcraft to be able to um, generate a question that doesn't have any sense of leading. It's, it's why a lot of um, mm-hmm. surveyors out there have a difficult time trying to get unbiased responses when looking. I mean, anytime you're trying to not prove a point, but get an unbiased response, it's actually incredibly difficult. It is very difficult. It's very challenging. Most, so, most people go out and do questionnaires and they're looking, they actually end up leading and they're like, look, this is exactly what we thought because the, your questions are leading people in a direction where it, it right. proves a narrative. So and it, you don't it's actually do more difficult. Than right. You so they, so they did elicit, they did elicit experts to look at their questions and help them design the questions. Of course, they approached it un, with, uh, you know, with research questions, which I really appreciated. And then they, they crafted they worked with these experts to craft these these surveys, and they gave these surveys to thousands of men, and consequently thousands of women for the second book. Um, but it's something like over two thousand men took this survey, so which is very substantial. Which means that when we look at, we'll look at some of the questions that they asked and some of the um, uh, some of the responses from men as we go through this. So, um, you want to dive in? Um, sure. Well, we, we, like I said, um, my wife and I just got these books and we're going to be reading them together in per Shanti's instructions. <laughs> I am actually reading the four women only book while my wife is reading the four men only book with the idea of actually understanding who we are better first before mm-hmm. we try to understand the other person. Okay. So it's, it's a very interesting approach and, and I'm, I think we're both being very open in um in reading these and and hopefully going to get some some good insight to help uh build and strengthen our relationship because no no marriage is ever perfect no relationship is ever perfect and and they require work my wife and i've been together now for 23 years yeah we need some we need some polish 
<laughs> sure. Um, and everybody, everybody can, can you use some polish. What was really interesting to me and what, what was very touching, especially reading this first book, and I'm only going to, from here on out, I'm only going to refer to this one book right now. We'll get into the second book later. Um, but so I'm only going to be talking about it. So anytime I'm talking about the book, I'm just talking about this one for now, for women only. Um, go ahead. So I think before we dive into this, because I, I this is going to be an ongoing series. I think you alluded to that already. Yep. But yep. I think it's important for us to lay out why are we looking at this? Why are we doing this first? Why should anybody out there be interested? Sure. Um, I think so. From my perspective, one of the reasons the reason why I brought this to you is um, I'm just I've recently gotten out of a relationship what was for a long time, a very serious relationship. And, and I'm not going to go dredge into all of the, the issues there. I mean, people don't want to know about that. And quite frankly, it's, it's nobody's business, but I did wish that I had this book years before, like had I had this book years before my relationship may have turned out completely different. And I learned so much about myself. And so what was, what was amazing to me is, when I was reading this book, I was like, there was like this light bulb about me that was going off. And I thought more people need to need to know about this, especially, you know, our, our podcast is about, we, we really, yes, we're open to anybody, men and women to listen to our podcast. But I think over time, you and I, we really do narrow in on trying to identify a very positive, mature form of masculinity for other men to follow. I mean, you and I have written a book that we need to finish editing so we can publish it, but we've written a book about, about the, the, the positivity of masculinity. And so when I was reading this, I thought more men need to be aware of this. And, mm -hmm. and there are a lot of men out there. There are a lot of people just in, in general who don't want to sit and read a book, but maybe they'll sit and listen to two jokers on the internet talk about this book. <laughs> right. right. Um, and so well, that's why I wanted to, to talk about this. And I think this opens up a lot of opportunity as well, not just for couples. I mean, granted, we're, we're I'll just say middle-aged <clears throat> men at this point in our <laughs> lives. So we're, we're likely in relationships are going to be here soon. But for yeah. even for anybody in, let's just say in the workplace, you know, in my work right now, I am surrounded by women. So for me to better understand who I am as a man and who women are as women allows me more opportunity to better work with the opposite sex and, and, and work in an environment. Anytime we can actually understand where we're coming from as individuals, we're more apt to be able to intermingle and work more cohesively as units. Yeah. So I think that this actually while it's obviously geared towards relationships and obviously geared towards um, men and women supporting one another, I think there's multifaceted applications for some of this um, knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> All right. I think we set the stage enough. That's good. Let's, ro let's rock and roll. So let's, let's first just briefly, I'm going to briefly gloss over what are called the eight revelations. We'll get into more detail on the eight revelations, but she, Shanti puts these up front in the book to kind of wet your palate, so to speak. Um, and I think they're really, this is what hooked me. This was the hook. These eight revelations was the hook that said, okay, in the very first chapter, 
here are these eight revelations. You hooked me. Now I need to know more. So I want to, I want to start there. So these eight revelations, she, she divvies them up into two things. Our surface understanding, what she calls the women's surface understanding. So what women think, okay. Um, but what that really means in practice. Okay. So the surface understanding. So revelation number one, surface understanding, men need respect. What does that mean in practice? Men would rather feel unloved than, than inadequate and disrespected. That's right. huge. That's huge. Right. We're talk and there, about the, there's a huge, I, I do like the way, and, and I did see this in that very first chapter, that mm. keeping in mind, now this is for women only. Essentially, this is a woman's perspective on the opposite sex, what men right. have. Now, women can absolutely understand men need respect. But to understand where what that means for a man in his inner being, in his core, means that men will sacrifice all other needs and all feelings of affection and love and tenderness for respect. Yeah, and and it's it it, it is much deeper. And I think respect is a word that that I think all men know and maybe not truly understand even for themselves. And yet we automatically assume that women understand that for yeah. us. Yeah. The next one here, the next revelation is men are insecure. So women think, yeah, men are insecure. I don't think, I don't think many men would, dis, would discard that or would uh, refute that. But here's what it means in practice. Despite their in-control exterior, men often feel like imposters and are insecure that their inadequacies will be discovered. Again, that's a big revelation. That's a tremendous revelation. Yeah. And, and I, I, I really do appreciate the idea of feeling inadequate mm -hmm. because I think that's, that really does hit the nail on the head on what that means. Insecures. Yeah. And it's not about ego. Correct. It's feeling inadequate in being able to provide, to be yeah. a father, to be a man, to be a husband, to all those things. Yeah. The third one here is men, what women tend to think men avoid issues by checking out. What that means in practice is men address issues by first pulling away to process and think so they can better talk about them later. That's huge. That is, <laughs> that is huge. huge. I, I, I have, I, I'm going to bring the freaking hammer down on that topic when we get to that one. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that one. I'll, I'll let you run away with that one. Then. Yeah, that, that one, <laughs> that one's huge. I, that for me, I was like, amen, preach sister. And I read that one. The, the fourth one here is men are providers. That's what women think. Men are providers. What that means in practice, even if you personally made enough income to support the family's lifestyle, it would make no difference to the mental burden he feels to provide. Absolutely. 100% true. That I, I, that's succinct. Absolutely. Uh, the fifth one here, what women think men want more sex. What that means in practice your sexual desire for your husband profoundly affects his sense of well-being and confidence in all areas of his life. It's huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Big. It's uh, quantity over quality. Never. Never. And uh, <laughs> men, this is one I think actually women can truly 
appreciate. It really, really can. Um, women want to be desired by their husband. Right. Women want to be desired by their significant other. Why would you think that that would be any different for men? Right. It's not. It's absolutely not. Yeah. It's absolutely not. The, um, the next one here, men are visual. That's what women think. Men are visual. What that means in practice is even happily married men struggle with being pulled toward live and recollected images of other women. We'll talk a little bit about what that means. It's a little okay. obtuse yep. here, yep. but we'll get into that at a later point. Uh, the next one is men are unromantic. That's what women tend to think. Actually, most men enjoy romance, sometimes in different ways than women, and want to be romantic, but hesitate because they doubt they can succeed. We'll get into that one as well. Mm -hmm. okay. And then the, the last one here, this is the eighth revelation, men care about appearance. What that means in practice is you don't need to be a size three, but your man does need to see you making the effort to take care of yourself and he will take on significant cost or inconvenience in order to support you. This one is, I think, going to be a little tough for women in particular to understand. It is. And, and that's why I want to unpack these because I mm -hmm. think it's really important. Yes, it's one thing to read the book, but I figured... Why not listen to two guys talking about this? What do we think? What I mean, we don't know anything, but we're two guys, right? right. We might be able to shed some light on this or at least I, lend our insight to it. Absolutely. I admit, I don't know much about anything. Yeah. But right. I've got an opinion on everything. If you've listened to this show long enough, you know that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more than happy to render my two cents at, at the drop of a hat. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So... There, there's there's something that I want to kind of start all this off with. We're going to talk about the respect thing here in just a second, but I want people to keep in mind mind something because I saw this the other day and I couldn't help but comment and think how absolutely moronic and wrong this is. Postmodern thinking is a cancer in our culture. Um, and there are a lot of now po postmodern feminists who rage against stories where the the heroic male champion comes and rescues the princess and postmodern thinking looks at that and says all that is is a patriarchal misogynistic story in which the man comes and conquers the woman and i and that is so erroneous that is so that is such a tremendous fallacy those stories exist for a huge reason and what those stories are actually talking about. And I want people to think about this as we talk through this book, what stories, those, those types of fantasy stories where the man comes and rescues the princess, what you fail to, what these postmodernists fail to realize is it's not about saving the woman so that you can dominate her. It's a story about how there, there exists in the universe beauty that deserves to be fought for. This is not a battle of the sexes. This is not a competition between men and women. What it is, is it's a recognition that when evil is striking the world and the world seems a disastrous place to live in and the world seems like, well, what difference does it matter? Nothing means anything. When narcissism and nihilism are at their, are at their apex, what these stories are trying to say is, no, there's always some good and beauty in the world that deserves to be fought for. 
And what happens in these stories is the man just doesn't come and save the princess and dominate her. He frees her and she actually combines with that man and makes him better. And together they actually can go off and defeat evil. If you look at things like, you know, Princess Leia wasn't just simply rescued. She was rescued and took charge. She made, she made Luke Skywalker and Han Solo better in the process of her presence being there with them, mm -hmm. for example. Yep. So, so keep that in mind as we go through. And it, it bothers me that postmoderns want to tear down these kinds of things. They want to tear down these differences between the sexes. And they look at these sort of, they look at these, uh, these stories and they look at them just at their surface value. And I think it's such a shallow way to exist in this world. Well, and, and even on for face value, if you will, what woman doesn't want to be fought for? When I mean, since when are women's... Um, <laughs> when are we allowed to say that women are worth fighting for, worth battling the dragon for and storming the castle and risking our lives that i mean and it's not that they're the pro i mean the, the they're not a prize they're not a trophy but i believe and i want my daughter my daughter is going to be a princess dadgummit she is a princess and men need to fight for her affection and earn that and that's a prize that only she can award is her affection and I mean, since when is that a bad thing? I don't understand that. Right. I mean, and, and again, I know that that is a very surface level argument, but I mean, if that's where we're going to, if we're going to fight on the surface and we can't get deeper than that, since when are women not revered or when shouldn't, or why shouldn't they be? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm taking a different term with it, but, but yeah, it, it just, just pisses me off. I don't know. Feminists so, just bother me. So let's dive in. Let's dive into this. The, okay. The, this, let's dive into the topic of why your man means why your respect, talking to you women, why your respect means more to him than even your affection. So what do you think about that? So I, I was really, I was really stunned. I was stunned by that. And here was, here was a, um, here was the question that was posed to, to men. Okay. This All was right. the question. It was, think about what these two negative experiences would be like to feel alone and unloved in the world or to feel inadequate and disrespected by everyone. If you were forced to choose one, which would you prefer? Would you rather feel, and then it was choose one answer, alone and unloved, inadequate or disrespected? Oh, I'd say alone and unloved. Easy. 74% of male respondents said alone and unloved. 74%, 26% said inadequate and disrespected. And this is a huge thing. So what, what Shanti goes on to describe here is men equate the two. Men equate love and respect. If he feels disrespected, he is going to feel unloved. That was huge to me. And even as a man, when I read that, I was like, holy cow, what a revelation, even for me as a man, because I thought, Absolutely. Because I was like you, I was reading along and I was like, yes, I would rather feel alone and unloved than feel inadequate and disrespected. And then I got further into the page and I saw that line where we equate the two. And I thought, absolutely. Well, and to me, they're almost simultaneous. You, you can't, 
love somebody that you do not respect. And I'm not saying respect in the sense of, you know, fear and awe and wonder. It, that's not what I'm talking about. But respect for the person, for who they are as an individual. To treat them not with awe and reverence, but with um, just a, a common decency even. You know, and this goes, there are so many little finite things and little examples I can think of, whether it's relationship or not. When you disrespect somebody, you care, that takes them down below the rank of human being to that point. I mean, you can't be, honestly, to be alone and unloved, that's one thing. But if you're completely disrespected by all, then you're alone and unloved anyway, as far as I'm right. concerned. Well, and what was, what was really interesting about the commentary on this particular question is, um, men had a very difficult time answering this question. And this is why she finally realized that men equate being loved with disrespected. A lot of men had difficulty. And I think the 26% was higher because I think the, the, the inadequate and disrespected portion um, was as high as it was because men had a difficult time separating the two. Mm -hmm. For women, Women think, well, love and respect are two different things. For a man, they're they're they're, they're part of the same coin. Yeah. They're one, they're they're just different sides of the exact same coin. And women are like, no, those are two different coins. For you, maybe, but not for us. Right. No, no, I, I don't see how respect and love cannot be intertwined. I it just they're on the same side of the coin, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> it's just, but for men, that really that that is you're absolutely right. You know, women, but women tend to separate those two things, and so while most women will say, "Well, I love and respect my husband," but what they do is they they say things that actually show disrespect to their husbands, and then women get confused in that because they don't understand. Well, wait a minute, I do respect you and I do love you why is it, how did, how did this happen? How did I all of a sudden piss you off mm -hmm. by me saying something? And then the woman gets really confused. She doesn't understand what happened because the words that the man hears, it plays into that, those feelings of, of being respected. Right. And this is okay. So here's an example. And, um, I'm just going to, I'm going to use a personal one. So sorry, honey, if you ever hear this, but, um, I make dinner. Okay. And I make dinner. And if anybody out there cooks, you know, that that doesn't, you don't just whip that up in two minutes. It takes some time. It takes some prep and you try to get that all done so that everything comes out at the same time. And you work in the kitchen, you get dinner done, you serve the table, you plate everything. And now it's time to eat. At that moment, it's time to eat. I don't care what is going on. You stop, you turn the mm -hmm. TV off, you put your phone down, work is done, whatever is, is else is going on, everything else stops. Now it's time to come and sit down and eat and enjoy the food that I have taken the time to prepare for you. When I'm sitting at the table waiting and waiting and waiting and food's getting cold, because of whatever else is going on. It's a slap in the face. This is, and, and so, and this is an old argument. So this is not a new thing. This is an old argument. So 
to me, that is an absolute sign of complete disrespect. Right. You don't respect the energy, the time that I put in. You don't respect the effort that I put in. I have, this is an act of service that I have done as a show of affection for you and the family and the household. This is an act of the entire time. Absolutely. About it the entire time that you're making the meal. I'm thinking I'm doing this out of love for you. And because I want to be appreciative of you and I want to feed you and take care Mm -hmm. of you and all of these things. And now I have it ready to go and you're not there. And you cannot stop doing what you want are doing to show the simple respect and appreciation for what I have laid out and prepared for you. And it is a disrespect. And then what ends up happening is you feel anger. Yes. Right. Because, because in, in relationship conflicts, women, when they feel unloved, they feel emotional pain and they often go to crying. Most women do Mm -hmm. when, when men feel that sent, feel that disrespect, their initial response is anger. So yeah. now they're mad. So ladies, if you've said something or done something, or in this case, didn't do something like come eat dinner. And now your guy is pissed off. And sulking at the end of the table, you know, he's, he's upset. What he's feeling is that sense of disrespect that you just showed him. Yep. And so that manifests as anger. And for him, it's the same as saying, I don't love you. Yes. Enough. To come, to come. Right. Right. So here's another question that they posed to men. And it was this there, here it was even the best relationships sometimes have conflicts on day-to-day issues in the middle of a conflict with my wife or significant other. I am more likely to be feeling choose the right, the one and choose one answer. One that my wife significant other doesn't respect me right now. Two, that my wife, significant other doesn't love me right now. 81% of men said that my, their wife or significant other doesn't respect them right now. Correct. So they, respect. so in those, even those small day-to-day conflicts that we tend to get into, when the man gets angry at that, in that conflict, it's because he's feeling the disrespect of his spouse. Mm-hmm. Again, this was a tremendous revelation for me. Because this was able to articulate to me, you know, I immediately had all of these images of all of these arguments and fights that I had been in with my spouse over years, mm-hmm. right? All of these arguments and I, and every single one, I could point to how I felt disrespected in that moment. I couldn't articulate that. Right. This was, this was so eye-opening to me. This is why I wanted to talk about it on the podcast because that was tremendous. And I don't think many men can articulate it that well. Well, and the funny part is I, I just even hearing this, and again, I haven't read any so of this simple. yet. It is so simple, but that's what's what I think so maddening because I think most men are probably out there in the sound of our voice, isn't it? Well, yeah, that makes sense. Duh. But guys... Well, that's duh for you and me. Your wife doesn't get it. Correct. Your girlfriend doesn't get it. Uh, You know, your mom, your daughter, if you want to take it that far, they don't get that. So that's something I think that we as men also need to keep in mind. They don't have the slightest freaking clue that disrespect means a lack of love. 
Um, and how many times has your, your wife, and I'm just going to lay this out there for guys to think of, think of an argument you were, did she ever switch into mom voice yeah. and start arguing and yelling at you the exact same way you've heard her argue and talk to your children? Right. I'm not the child. Oh, I'm time not out. your child. I am not your child. Right. You do not talk to, and, and I know every guy's like, yeah, I've heard that. And I've said that in my head oh. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> But you don't. I really don't want to be pitching the tent tonight. Your husband, (laughs) your boyfriend, your significant other, like you talk to the kids. No, they have to respect you and listen to you. You're their mother. Damn right. Right. You talk to them however you want. Don't talk to me that way. I'm in this relationship voluntarily. They have no choice. And one of the things that women do is women will, they always say, I love you, and they mean it. We know that women mean, I. they mean it when they say, I love you. But you know what, ladies, you have a propensity to control everything. You want to control everything. And when you step in and you want to control those situations that, that we guys are trying to control, are trying to do, but because we're not doing it the way you want it to be done. And therefore you're like, just get out of the way and let me do it. Guess what you did? Mm-hmm. You just disrespected us. And yep. so while you just said, I love you, what you're saying is, I love you, but. And anytime you say, but, you get rid of everything that came before it. Right. But is a stop point in right. any right. conversation. I mean, this, we'll, we'll do an English lesson here. Um, yeah, I love you. You're so great. You're awesome. I'm so proud of you. But you just lost everything you just said, all of your compliments. That's why even when you're uh, a, as a manager, if you're in the business world, you always do a compliment, criticism, and then a compliment. Otherwise, all you ever get across the criticism and your employees hate you. Yeah. This is the exact same way with parenting children or talking with your significant other. If you say you're great and amazing and I love you so much, but... <laughs> You're really pissing me off when you do this. All the other person heard is you're really pissing me off when you do this. Yeah. So some some things that came out of this survey um, were needs by men around this whole concept of, of disrespect. And one thing that that women need to do better in their relationships is they need to respect his judgment. They need to respect our judgment as men. So when we go out into the world, right? right, ladies, we're going out and we're, we're hunting, gathering for you. We're, we're, we're killing the pig to bring it home, to put it on the table, right? And when we're out there working for our household, people listen to what we have to say. We are experts in our field, or at least people think we are experts in our field, (laughs) right? So, but we're out in the world and people respect our judgments about things. And yet when we go home, we're not respected at home. So we're respected everywhere else in the world. But when we come home, we're actually shown the tremendous amount of disrespect in our lives. Right. And that's something that, that women tend to do more often than not. So, and what does this mean? It means, you know what, Nobody knows how to be a parent, right? When you're trying to be a parent, nobody knows how to be a parent. And there are times when, when as, a, as a man, you're going to make a judgment about your children during a moment of parenting. The worst thing that the woman can do is immediately jump in 
to deflect what the judgment that you just came and said, no son, no daughter, you don't have to listen to your father. You don't right. have to listen to dad on what he just said. Doing that right in front, that is a tremendous showing of disrespect to your husband. Right. And it teaches the kids that you don't have to really respect dad mm -hmm. because mom's going to overrule him. Yep. So yes, you know what? Us guys might make bad decisions. We might make, we might come down too hard on our kids, but there's a time and a place for the husband and wife to talk about that behind closed doors away from the kids and say, you know what, honey, maybe you were a little too harsh on them. Yep. Yeah. You know what? After I've cooled off, you know what? I will go talk to them. I will go talk to our son, to our daughter and I'll apologize or whatever. And I'll pull the punishment back. Mm -hmm. Right. But to just run in and play goalie right in that moment is a tremendous amount of disrespect. And guess what, ladies, you just started world war three. Yep. Well, and, and keep in mind all the guys out there and, and dads, we know you love the kids and you, you don't want to see them hurt emotionally, physically, developmentally, whatever it may be. And we understand that you have a maternal nature to protect them. Absolutely. Don't want to take that away from you either. But when you contradict us as men in front of, and, and this, this extends out, this is not just in the home. This is anywhere. And I'm not saying you have to be subservient to your husband. You can absolutely call him every name under the sun if you want, but simply do it in private. And this is something that actually Lucy and I feel strongly enough about. I know this is in our book. Respect your spouse. You can disagree with them in private, but you support them in public. And when you are at home in front of your children, that is public. Right. Right. Because that that is a tremendous show of disrespect. And you are basically saying, I don't love you enough to hold your words and what you mean in any sort of veneration. Right. Another, another need for men out of this is men need to have their abilities respected. So men have a tremendous desire to figure things out to learn about things, to tinker, to mm -hmm. let me kind of, you know, there's a problem here. I want to be able to solve it. As men, we get a lot of pleasure from doing that. There's a lot of self gratification that comes from figuring out a problem on our own. And when a woman jumps in, you know, when the guy's ready to roll up our sleeves, I'm going to, you know, I'm ready to tackle this problem. Let me, let me check. Let me look at it. And then the woman swoops in and says, honey, here's how you're going to do it. Guess what? you're not showing us that you trust us and our abilities to do it. Right. You're, you're showing, you just demonstrated to us that you do not trust us to figure it out. Right. They use this, they use the example in the book of driving around and, and the wife is like, honey, just stop and ask for direct directions. No, that to, to the, to the guy driving, you're like in a maze. You're, you're in a maze and you're trying to find your way out. This is a problem to solve ladies. Right. This is a problem to solve rather than harp on the guy and just say, pull over and ask for directions. Let him figure it out. Even if he does end up figuring it out, I'm like, fuck, I'm just going to ask for direction. I'm just going to pull and see if anybody knows. 
Because you know what happens, ladies? Yes, we might be running to a dinner party and you think we're going to miss it because we're, we're not on, we're not going to, we're going to be late or something like that. But guess what? We know what time it is. We know what time we're supposed to get there. We know what, we know how much time we can be late by before it's really an issue. We're not idiots. And this is the thing. Many women think that their guys are idiots because we don't necessarily think about all of the shit that they're thinking about. So yeah, ladies, you're thinking about all this crazy shit in your head all the time. We get it. I understand. But we don't think like you do. Mm-hmm. And and that's not better or worse. It's just different. It's just different. Men are task-oriented. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I use the example of, um, you know, women are like, like, they have file cabinets in their heads. And they, they, they can go to files on just about everything. I, I don't know. And it, ask they can bring up stuff that you you got in an argument about six and a half years ago you know and tell you it was a tuesday and it was raining outside and this is what you said guys don't think that way right we we literally are the cork board with sticky notes and thumbtacks we have one thing in front of us boom there it is once that sticky note gets pulled off the cork board and and we tackle that issue and throw it away then we can look around and see what else we have to work with and what else we have to, what other issues we got? And then we'll take the next one and move it right in front. Boom. That's issue number two. We're going to tackle that one next. Guys are just very unilateral in that way. We, right. we, we don't, we don't think about 900 things at once. We can't, our brains don't make it. Right. And, and this goes back to if ladies out there, if you've ever asked your husband when he's sitting on the couch, looking like a zombie and you say, Hey honey, what you thinking about? And Nothing. he goes, wait, what? And he turns to you and you say, what are you thinking about? And he says, nothing trust me he's That's not lying true. he's That's telling you the true. truth we are he's literally absolutely nothing <laughs> men have a switch in their brain you women don't that. have it i know they don't have it even in their sleep men right. do and all the men out there are laughing their ass off right now because they all know they've been in right. that same boat they can just literally flip the switch and boom, it's like just monotone it's, you know <laughs> beautiful it is amazing it's a wonderful place (laughs) to just turn your brain off and to not think about anything this is why i can fall asleep in like 10 seconds because i can shut my brain off and not worry not think about anything right oh you want to piss my my wife off so bad it's go to sleep it's just crawl into bed and go all right honey good night and then just I mean, it just happens. <laughs> Boom. It's like flipping a switch. Oh, she's like an yeah. hour of, of down, just yeah. slowly downtrending mental right. thought. And then, of course, you know, the ladies are like, he must be thinking about women. He just doesn't want to tell me. He must be thinking about, you know, <laughs> boobs or something. And he doesn't want to admit it. No, I'm literally thinking about nothing. It's I'm, true. It's I'm nothing. Thinking, I'm thinking about nothing so hard that nothing is happening in my brain. Right. It, it's practically asystole in the mental capacities. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And you know what? As guys, we like to figure things out. We like to tackle it. You know what? If we didn't think we could solve the problem, we wouldn't try. Uh, so that's true to a point. So let there me comes clarify a point when this. you realize you can't solve it. There's oh, a- yes, 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 yes. There is a very big, a big difference. difference. And so ladies, this is not, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to squash. I know where you're headed. This is not an ego thing. No, it's not. This is not, I'm a big bad man and I know nope. I can fix anything. It right. is not. And to a point, I'm not even going to go so far as to say what I think you said earlier is it's a pleasure thing. Is there some enjoyment about figuring stuff out? Yes, but the enjoyment we don't comes from victory. 
Yes, this is where I'm headed. So thank you. Don't you're yeah. getting ahead of me, but I love you and I appreciate you, but shut up. So <laughs> it's not about, I know I can figure this out. So I'm going to do this because I can get enjoyment out of it. Yeah. There is an inherent nature in men to feel adequate in yeah. being a man. And part of that is figuring this stuff out. It's a self-sufficient mentality. Right. This is why a guy who's never changed a tire will get out in the pouring rain and stare at a flat tire for 20 minutes, yeah. <laughs> just staring at it, going, <laughs> what the hell am I going to do? What do I do? Nobody's <laughs> ever shown me how to do this. Yeah. I can figure that. And one of two things are going to happen. He's going to fiddle fart with it for as long as he can until he finally, to your point, says, I give up. I don't know how to fix this. And either, I don't know, YouTube it or call AAA. He's going to call for help. And even getting online and looking it up, it's calling for help. Or he's going to figure it out and he's going to get back in the car and he's going to have a shit eating grin on his face. And he's like, I figured it out and I yep. got it. There's the victory. And yep. this is where you go. Oh, thank you, honey. Thank you so much. I'm so proud of you. I love you. Yep. And that's it. Right. Don't say, well, what took so long? Right. Oh, you just deflated the victory balloon and you disrespected us along the way because you, you distrusted said, us. Yeah. You, you showed distrusted us distrust. Us. And you sat there in the passenger seat looking it up and researching it on Google. You what cheated. We do? Well, and it's not even cheat. It's you did not trust us right. enough to let us fail. Right. That's there's there's the a quote here. There's a quote here that they have from the book, and it was, and it's this. And I thought it was brilliant. And the quote is: next time your husband stubbornly drives in circles, ask yourself which is more important being on time to the party or his feeling trusted. Wow. It's powerful. Yeah. In other words, shut up and <laughs> let us just get lost for a while. Trust me. We know after the first loop, we know oh, we're lost. We know. I don't need you to point it out. And, and you know, I what's really great ladies. You know, and you, but you know, what's great ladies when the guy finally just says, Okay, honey, can you get on the map? Because now I need your help. Yep. And guess what, ladies? You're going to feel wonderful when he does that too. Mm -hmm. If he does it. Either way, you're going to feel wonderful because on one hand, he's asking you, he needs to rely on you. Yep. He, 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 you're now a team here. But if your guy is able to figure it out on his own, well, now your guy feels empowered. He can, you know, that's adding to, you're basically... You're basically handing him his sword to go slay a dragon mm -hmm. by just existing next to him and supporting him. Yep. And it's you know huge. what's going to happen later that night yeah. is he is going to not only apologize to you for being late and, and being and missing and going around in circles and blah, 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 blah. But he is going to, I guarantee you, he's going to be affectionate to you that night because you loved him yeah. you respected him 
I guarantee you, he is going to be, he's, he's going to be falling all over himself. I'm so sorry. And say, thank you so much. Right. That will mean more to the, your man than, you know, So and men need, out there are like, yep, uh-huh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, need three is respect what he accomplishes. Oof, respect what he yep. accomplishes. That's. I just talked about getting inside, you know, the the car once you change the tire. Yeah, yep. I figured it out. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, it, men need to feel that they're noticed, that they're capable, and they want to be appreciated for what they do especially for their families. Oh yeah. Especially for their families. Yep. Um, and, and a lot of, there are a lot of women who don't, uh, who don't show that respect for what their man accomplishes for them. It's like, well, it's about damn time that you did whatever that you did X, right? Just yep. having that respect for what he can accomplish and what he has accomplished is tremendous. Right. It makes what? us feel amazing ladies and when we feel amazing, guess who also gets to feel amazing? You do. That's true. Do. Yeah, and and I've, I I don't think women mean to do. I, I know they don't mean to do this, but it's, you know, for let's let's pick something easy. Okay, I have to come home at uh, three o'clock in the afternoon today to, I don't know do something with the kids or support you because you have a meeting or whatever that might be. I have to be home early today. If I show up at two minutes after three, it's not because I forgot. Maybe it's because I had a lot of other things happening, but I still managed to get home for you. Right. There's a, there's an interesting quote here in the book that says, we, this is her talking, we women need to feel special and worthy of being loved for who we are on the inside. Men need to feel able and appreciated for what they do on the outside. I, I can understand that. And I think that's, I think that is, that is tremendous. We, we put a lot of ourselves out there, just yeah. literally right out front. And often we don't know what the hell we're doing. No. Most of the time we don't know what, what the hell we're doing. <laughs> There was a commercial. There was a commercial on TV. I remember. I think it was for a level. It was like a laser level or something. And this guy builds a shelf or a set of bookshelves, and the lady puts something up on it, and it just slides from one end all the way off to the other. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I I just laughed at that because I can see the defeat in that poor man's face. And I don't think she said anything in that commercial, actually. And I was like, oh, she loves yeah. him. Right. Because she didn't say anything. Yeah. You, you don't need to say anything, ladies. Trust right. me. He can look right at it and know. And go, well, oh, shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> but damn it, we really did try. We put yeah. everything out there, man. <laughs> right. And you know what? For him, he's trying whatever he can do to provide in whatever way he can. And it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, killing a wild boar and making a great feast for the everyone or putting up a shelf, you know, for you to put trinkets on. It's a way for him to provide and show affection and affinity for you and the family. That's, that's what guys do. Now, if it's really bad, trust me, he's not going to be happy with it either. He's going to end up. Right. He's going to want to fix it. He's going to want to fix it. And, um, yeah. 
So just get out of his way. Yep. And here's just, a, oh, sorry, go ahead. Here's another need, respect and communication. Respect in communication. So often it's not what women say to men, it's how they say it. And that pain and feeling of disrespect comes from how women say something rather than what they actually say. Well, now, so, see, now that's, I'm sorry, that's an argument I'm sure every guy out there has always heard. Because I, I know my wife has said, it's not what you said, it's how you said it. So mm -hmm. this should be an easy one for women to... They don't get it. No, they don't no? get it. For, for example, they oh. have a really, they have a, a, a good example here. So um, they, I'm just going to read this verbatim from the book. Hearing disrespect. So at one point I was asking Jeff, her husband, and one of his married colleagues about the dynamic of men wanting to do things for themselves. And this man said, quote, sometimes if something breaks in the house, I want to try to, I want to try to take a crack at it before I call an expert. If my wife says, well, you're really not a fix it type person. I feel oh. so insulted. She's oh. not rude about it or anything, but it's like she doesn't respect me enough to believe that I can figure it out if I put my mind to it, even if it takes me a while. Yep. Now I'm the total opposite, right? I this is this this situation, right? I fix problems with my wallet. It's yes, broke, better call an expert right away because I know my limitations and I know I don't have the patience to figure that crap out right now. Right. And I don't want to. So you know what? I'm gonna call somebody. That but that's me, right? But there are other things that break in my life that I want to try to take out a take a crack at it before I call on a higher power to help me out. Don't look at me like that. What are you going to no, say? No, 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 I, <laughs> I absolutely understand where this guy, this example is coming from, you know, um, uh, random problem AB, you know, and the wife turns, she goes, well, how much do you really know about, I, I don't know, plumbing? Well, you might as well have said, you're just going to mess it up worse. So why don't you call a plumber now? and save us all the heartache and trouble because you're an idiot. I mean, that's essentially what he hears. That's what he hears. That's, that's, that's what he hears. Yeah, that's what he hears. I don't trust you enough. Please don't don't touch it. Don't go get your toolbox because you're going to break it worse and then we're going to be without water and I'm not going to be able to use the toilet and nobody's going to be able to take a shower for three weeks and we're going to have to move. And I, you know what? Just go go tinker with something somewhere else um, and it's basically, you're, you're basically treating your man, like a child, like a three-year-old, this is big kid stuff. You go play with blocks in the corner. Right. Yes. Um, that's another, another thing that men hear is disappointment. So they hear disappointment in, in their, in their, in their women geared toward them. Um, the example that they use is, you know, the wife is calls out a problem and then has to remind the husband over and over and over again until it gets done. And most men say, you know what? I already know about it. I know that it's an issue. I, I know that needs to be fixed or I know that needs to be taken care of. But in the whole grand scheme of the household, that is probably priority number 100. Mm -hmm. so i'm not going to worry about it right now right it's it's the leaky shower head right that costs you oh i don't know maybe 30 cents a month right that or the drips. squeaky door or the squeaky yeah. door and it's like right. well shit i don't have wd-40 
okay, so next time I go to the the you know Home Depot, I'll get a can of WD forty, and then I'll right. and then I'll spray it. To the woman, she wants that sprayed right now. Mm-hmm. Right. To the guy, he's like, well, you know, it's been squeaking for a couple of weeks. And, you know, so it can squeak for a couple months for all I care, because that's there's other more pressing matters for me to attend to. Right. And and this is where this is how arguments start. Yes. Um, it's hey, is that door still squeaking? Right. Uh, I don't know. I have I haven't gone through it in the last, you know, 24 hours. Right. It was squeaking yesterday. Is it right. still squeaking? Well, I would have thought you would have taken care of that right away. Oh, disappointment. Oh, and the argument begins. And it's <laughs> let's put the helmet on. Yep. Let's put oh, the pads on. Well, let me drop everything right now and go take care of that so that that doesn't bother you anymore. I'm sorry. Did I just finish working 10 hours? You know, oh. and uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I ran to the grocery store and I made you dinner, but you also wanted me to fix that squeaky. It's not like the door doesn't work. The door fucking works. So what if it's fucking squeaking a little bit? Who cares? There's other things going on. When it bothers me that badly, then I'll go fix it. Well, and you know yeah. what? Okay. Okay. Hold but, on. But hold on. Hold on. Hold on. No, 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 no. We need to be fair. I, I think we need to be fair because, you know, all right. So the squeaky door for her is important. It matters. Now, we as men, I think, should go, okay, it matters to her. her. Now, the issue is not the squeaky door, nor is it fixing that. We can fix the squeaky door. I'm sure we can get it done. That what the issue is, is how the issue of importance of the squeaky door getting fixed is brought up to be addressed correct the, and, that's, and, and that so, generates that generates the response of i don't care if it's squeaking that's right. what generates that response is in how it's brought back up as a reminder that the squeaky door is squeaking yep. you know it it's it's all in the delivery right right and and it is this underlying idea that honestly respect is huge for men respect equals love and if you right. if you say well I noticed that door squeaking. I would have thought you'd have fixed that weeks ago. I thought it was already done. That's not respectful. And therefore that's not loving. And your husband or whatever feels like you think he's a piece of crap. One of the things that happens with one of the things that happens with guys is we are constantly reprioritizing our list. So you come in and you say, Hey, the door is squeaking. Okay, well, that's going to immediately go as high as it can in the list of priorities. But what you fail to realize is the next day comes by and you've added within 24 hours, you've probably added five more things. And to which now the guy has to reprioritize based on those five other things, because we as men, we want to take care of it for you. We do. We want to take care of it. We want to fix it because yes, as our spouse, this bothers you. So we want to take care of it, but you know what? So do all these other five, these five new things that you just introduced to us. And so what we're doing is we have to reprioritize because we can only work on one thing at a time. Not because we're dumb, not because we're idiots, but because we can only work on one thing at a time. 
Guys only focus on one thing at a time. I already talked about this. Right. We cannot focus on multiple things at a time. Well, and when I'm when I'm when I'm WD 40ing the door, I can't be scrambling an egg either. Yeah. Right. It's physically impossible for me to do those two things simultaneously. Yeah. So when you said the door is squeaking, that goes to the top of the priority list. Now you come and you over the period of the next 12 hours, you give me five more things that are broken. And so now I have to reprioritize based on what you've told me. So now, yes, the squeaky door may get reprioritized down a little bit. It doesn't mean we don't care. We're not understanding you or that we've forgotten. We're literally trying to keep in our minds straight all of the things that we want to do to satisfy and please you. And we may get the other five things done. And then you come along and say, why is the door squeaking still? Without zero any kind of recognition that we actually accomplished the five other things you asked us to do after you asked us to solve the squeaky door issue. Yep. And then yeah. again, put your helmet on because we're about ready to go into World War III. Right. Well, and, and ladies, okay. This is not a bash on ladies thing at all. Actually, we're going to get to the bash on men when we get to the next book. And we are definitely coming into that. But um, <laughs> keeping in mind, like what, no, and it's what not a bash on ladies. Dr. Ramirez is talking about with the reprioritizing. This is mentally taxing for men. It Very is much meant. So. It is mentally. Ta I know this is hard for you ladies to understand, but but just bear with me for a second. And I think guys out there can appreciate this, too, because. We're sitting here talking about a squeaky door. Really, all of us guys out there in the sound of our voices right now listening to this are going, well, then just spray it with some WB-40 and, and tell her to shut up about it. Yes, but we can do that. Yeah. But why are we so damn exhausted at the end of the day? Right. And and I, I this is something I really do think men really do need decompression time. Because we are constantly mentally reprioritizing all day long, every day. Things just like this. A squeaky door might be a new report or a new task at work or a new what it doesn't matter. We have to write reprioritize all the time. All and the time. we can't do that like ladies do. I will give women a hundred times the credit that men will ever get from me for this they can reprioritize shit on the fly because they've already thought through 9,000 possibilities and outcomes in their mind when one new piece of information comes in that's why the, unfortunately ladies have arguments with men about arguments that they've already had that they never really had because they've had them in their head oh, guys out there you know exactly don't where go I, down that road yet because oh, that, okay that that is that comes up in the second book Oh, okay. All right. Well, I will that get thing to that. you just said <laughs> okay. right now that comes up in the next book. Okay. All right. All right. So there's that. But yeah. men can't reprioritize re quickly on the fly. We have to stop and mentally go through that process. So right. the squeaky door getting reprioritized, we got to stop and go, okay, we can only focus on one thing at a time. You screwed up our list on our cork board of ideas and mental notes. We have to figure out where everything's at just so we can figure out where that falls back into place. And it, it takes mental and that affects us physically. It really does. But what, but what ladies also need to understand is we do go through a thought process for it. So while you may say, while people may be thinking, just spray it with the WD-40 and it's easy and you get it over and done with. Yes, but when the lady comes and says, when your spouse comes and says, honey, this door is squeaking, can you take care of it? The guy will go through a whole gyration of things in his head and he will say, Okay, sure, not a problem. I'll take care of it. 
Well, what he's what he's all done, already done in his head is he said, okay, um, I know I used the WD-40 last week and it had a little bit left into it, a little bit left at the bottom, but then the, the straw thing broke. And so I threw that out and I thought, well, I can't really use it without the straw. So I threw the can away. So I need to go to Home Depot to get some more WD-40. So I can't do it right now. And it's already late. So I can't get to the WD-40 or I can't get go get the WD-40 because Home Depot is going to close. So you know what? I'm going to go this weekend anyway, because I needed to get some ant killer. So I'm going to put that on my list to get WD-40 this weekend. And so I'll have it done by Sunday night. The guys have done that, but we haven't said it. And then, and it's only Monday, right? right. It's only Monday. So we're not going to go to the Home Depot until the weekend. By Wednesday, she comes around and goes, why is the door still squeaking? Yeah. <laughs> and guess what we do? We explode. Yeah, we get pissed off. We get pissed right. off. Right. Right. Because right. I have a plan. Because I have it, a plan. It's in I my head. I know how I'm going to do this. I have a plan to take care of you. Let me execute my plan. And mm -hmm. so what I've done is what we've done now is we've said, I'm not going to go to Home Depot until the weekend. So guess where your squeaky door goes on our priority list? It drops. Right. It drops until we get to the weekend because then all of the other stuff that we can do before the weekend immediately comes up higher priority. Why? Because it's efficient. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's why he gets really pissed off and you don't understand. And you don't understand when it's Sunday afternoon and you're like, Hey, did you get the ant killer? And he goes, son of a <laughs> dad, dang it. Oh, no, I was going to go. And I was supposed to go to home Depot because all the whole shopping list of stuff yeah. At the Home Depot, at Home Depot, with all of the other tasks associated with yeah. all of those individual little pieces and parts he was going to get while he was there, yeah, all of those tasks now have to get mentally reprioritized, reprioritized all over again. again. The whole all house of cards come tumbling down. Um, I don't know. It rained on Friday night, which yep. meant rib didn't happen Friday night, and that happened Saturday, and that ruined his Saturday plan. And you guys did hamburgers instead, and his whole weekend got jacked up. Yeah. And it messed up everything he was supposed to do. Guys, I love you for laughing your butt off right now because every <laughs> one of you knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> All you have to say, if you want to know, is what's the plan? <laughs> oh, God. Here, let's move on because there's there's a couple okay, more okay, here. Okay, okay. The, the next need for men here is respect in public. I cannot mm. tell you how important this is. We already talked about how even when in at home in front of the children, we're technically in public. But we're literally we're talking out in out in the, the universe, out in nature, and showing getting that disrespect. And this is tremendous. I can't tell you how many times that this just leads to nuclear warfare. Go ahead. This happens every time. Ladies, I love you, but if you're listening to me, hear me, hear my words. Why is it it seems like your husband or boyfriend, significant other, is always in a crappy mood at parties with your friends and your work colleagues? Because this happens all, all the, the time. time all the time and, and you guys it, it's not because you are hating on us it's you you make a joke or it's in jest yeah. 
But what happens is he's actually vulnerable. He doesn't know these people. These are your friends. He's at your side. Ladies, you should understand what that's like. When you make a, you make a comment, you make a joke or something, you disrespect him to all of these strangers out there in public, it sets him off and he is pissed off the rest of the evening. The entire time you're there and you always get into it on the way home and say, I, what was wrong? Why were you in such a grumpy mood? Why is it when we want to go out with my work colleagues or my work friends, you're always so upset because this happens within the first 10 minutes of that encounter every time. And what women don't understand is how tremendously painful it is to be criticized by their spouse for men to be criticized by their spouse in public, for men to be, when women put us down, when our, when our own spouse puts us down in public, like, you know, there, there are sometimes women who feel like the male ego is so big. I just got to like drop him down a peg. No. Um, when you put us down in public or you make these little, even if you're trying to do it in jest and you're trying to be humorous or trying to be funny, you know, you, you put us down or you question our judgment to other people. Um, especially, you know, out, out in that public setting, it is so tremendously painful. And, and the reason for that, the reason why that is tremendously painful is what women don't understand is as guys, we are always in competition with other guys in, in a sense of being competent in being peers with them. Um, and if we're out with other couples or other people and you're putting us down, what you're telling us, what you're showing is if I can disrespect my man in front of you, then y'all can disrespect him just the same. Mm -hmm. And it becomes very difficult for a man to be able to build himself back up to a level where now he's back on an even playing field with those other men that are around him even. Right. Right. And, and this is tremendous. And I, you huge. know what I hate? What I hate is when I hear women say, well, that's a stupid guy thing. Just don't be that way. You're no, talking about thousands, tens of thousands of years, hundreds of thousands of years of this is ingrained in our DNA. This is not something we're just going to turn off. This is not something that men are just going to stop being. We, we want Ladies, if you respect us in public, you don't criticize us in public, you don't put us down in public, what you're doing is you're, you're setting us up so that we can go slay dragons for you. Mm -hmm. We can go, con if a woman is going to, if, you know, there's that old adage of behind every great man is a great woman. And yeah, usually rolling her eyes, but yes. <laughs> You know what? And she can, she can yeah. be rolling her eyes. Yes. We're, we're, we're blumbering it. It's we, we recognize that in ourselves, but you know what? If our, if our women support us and they believe in us and they trust us, they trust our judgment. Ladies, you might as well have anointed us with holy oil to go out and fight the devil. And we will go do that. Gladly. We will, we will crawl through broken glass and flaming fields for you and for our family. And, and we can slay those dragons because we know that we have you behind us. Right. Right. When, when, when we're introduced at those parties and those events, and there's comments made almost immediately, 
that disrespect us in front of those other people, we feel like we're not, we we're no longer tie is tie. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it doesn't have to be big, but that, that show big. of disrespect, it's, it cuts us so deeply. We feel like, well, what the hell? I'm not your equal. I'm yeah. not your partner in life. I'm not your spouse. You might as well have brought, uh, you know, your Labrador retriever. Yeah. You're just pulling me around by a leash. Th this is this piece is so monstrous. I don't think I don't think men, women really truly understand how big this part is about being disrespected in public. It is so big that I believe this is a huge. A, a, a tremendous linchpin that leads to a lot of breakups. Yeah. I, yeah. I truly believe that. I believe this being disrespected all the time in public, um, in front of it, you know, other people being shot down, your judgment being questioned all the time. This is what leads to men walking away from a relationship. Because remember, we would rather be unloved and out of a relationship than being disrespected. And this really gets to the root of it. We can handle, call us on our judgment in closed doors. Question our judgment. You should. You're our spouse. Absolutely. We're, we, you know, if we're being stupid, you need to remind us or let, or at least ask and say, you know what? I think you might be being stupid here. Call us out. If we're, if we made a bad judgment, you can call us out at the right time. There's always a right time and a right place for it. But to do it out in public is just tremendous. And yep. I don't think any man should should put up with it. I really don't. Yeah. I, I really don't. And and if men leave, if men end their relationships be, uh, just simply because of this, I totally get it. I understand it. And and I mean, I know we're we're really harping on respect, but I really do think that there's a reason why it is revelation number one. Mm -hmm. It is the absolute key to showing affection and love to a man and again this is not an ego driven thing i don't need to be the captain of the football team out on the field i just need to be a respected member of the team yeah. just a respected yeah. player right that's the key and when we what you were talking about before about we're in competition with our peers and and keep in mind ladies peers are just other men other yeah, yeah. people right we don't have to be the best we no. just be have to be respected for what we can do we have to be that's we, it we we may not be the best one but we have to be respected of being recognized as good enough to be on that team right not and ladies, everybody's not everybody's gonna be tom brady but no. there's all other guys on the team. Tom Brady can't do it by himself. So there might be other men out there that are better than us. We recognize that. So They're and Hunter, take this to the other <laughs> side, ladies. You know, if you show up at let's say a company party and you have your man on your arm and you're going to introduce him around, why would you not want someone that you could be proud of? Right. Allow us to be that for you. And you know what? The only reason why the only reason. You know, I've seen so many women talk badly about their men and say, yeah, my guy, you know, my husband, he's just an idiot. He's a moron. You know what my response is? You picked him. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's this. <laughs> you picked him. Right. If he's an idiot, why did you pick him? What does it say about you? Mm -hmm. Maybe your guy's not an idiot. 
maybe he's just so beaten down because you treat him like one. Well, and you don't want that. I why mean, would do you, you? why would you want that? Why why would you want to um, parade around a pet right. instead of you know being right. led around with your significant other? You're you're it you're really is it's a it's a partner in life. This is your right. your confidant who through no matter what, through thick and thin, no matter what the world does to you, this is your partner to take it on with. Here's that a, should be. Here's yeah, the thing. Here's another piece where it is teasing can be torture for men. Um, and here's an interesting piece that I want to read to you because it was a it was a conversation that the author Shanti had with her dad, and with her husband. Um, so it came up during a discussion with her dad and her husband that teasing was torture, and she didn't understand why. And so she asked, "What sort of teasing might a man might a man take wrong?" And her dad responds anything that seems to show that the man is not somehow in control or not getting respect from his wife. A man would never take that from another man unless he wanted a fight. Tremendous. That's and so Shanti asks, but what if she's truly teasing? Like they're out with friends and the wife says, oh, the dishwasher broke. And she teases her husband about wanting to fix it when he's not a handyman. Dad said, oh, that's terrible. You never want to do that. The guy is the protector provider and is supposed to take care of everything. This sort of teasing lead, lets everyone know that he doesn't know how to take care of everything. It also lets everyone know how the wife feels about him. She's making light of something that is really important to him. But if a guy feels that he ought to be able to do something as the provider and he can't, he never makes light of it in his heart. Right. And, and that's, that's the thing is most women tease guys, tease their husbands. Even if another man did that same kind of teasing to that guy, there's a, there's probably going to be a fight on their hands. Yep. Yeah. And, and I recognize actually that this is, this is kind of tough because there's a fine line teasing. And especially in my family, we tease each other relentlessly, but when it comes to a, a spouse, especially when it, it, in, this is a good example, actually, you know, yeah, you know what? Jason's an all right guy. He's good at a lot of stuff, but don't put a screwdriver in his hand. He's bound to break something. That's not okay. That's not okay. Now, <laughs> the, the hard part is I could literally come out and say the exact same thing. You know what? I can be good at a lot of things, but you put a screwdriver in my hand. I'm bound to break something. Sure. That's of course. different. And, and I know that that's going to be hard for ladies to understand. I recognize that. So I give some, I guess, leniency in that area. Just think about, are you showing your spouse respect toward or in front of others? If you cannot say without, with a hundred percent certainty, yes, I am. Then you probably shouldn't do what you're going to do. Don't, then don't do it. You know, and you just said your family teases, teases each other. Your family does, but your wife shouldn't jump in on that teasing. Um, it just shouldn't. It's one thing for your family members to be doing it, but as the spouse, well, I'm going to stand by my man. Mm -hmm. You know, speaking yeah. as the wife. Right, right. I, <laughs> right. I know what you. Yeah, I she's think gonna, I knew what you meant. No. <laughs> so as long as <laughs> you know, so as long as she's saying, you know what, you guys can tease each other. That's fine, right? The wife might tease the brother-in-law. Yep. The wife can tease the brother-in-law. The wife can tease the dad over here or the stepdad or the grandfather or the uncle or the 
the cousin or the nephew, right? Don't tease your husband. He's the one you shouldn't be teasing. You're the one, you're, you're the one there that should be, he's a part of you, ladies. I think that's the big, that's a big thing. Why would, would you go out and would you tease yourself in front of everybody? You know, you, you might to get a, to get humor, but when you're doing it, when you're doing it for, against your spouse, it says a lot about you as well in terms of what you think and how you behave, but it, it really hurts. It really hurts your husband in the process, your significant other. Yep. And, and this is again, you know, uh, you and I talked about, well, again, <laughs> we, we put it in the book, respect your spouse, especially in public. It's incredibly important. Yeah. Incredibly important. You know, what, what all, what this first chapter, what this chapter really talks about is if a man knows that his wife believes in him, then he's, he can go, he can, he can, he can believe in himself to do anything. Mm -hmm. If, if a man doesn't, if a man doesn't feel that his wife, his spouse has his back, then he's not going to perform at his best. He never will. No. Well, and, and, and ladies, I'm telling you, if you make, if you respect your spouse, you respect your man to a point, um, where he he is it will empower him and he will feel whole and he will feel empowered in his own and i guarantee you he will fight battles for you that you didn't even know you had right because he will step up against anything and anyone and that's not i'm not talking about just coming you know going to blows with somebody who looked at you wrong in a grocery store i'm talking about figuring out a way for you to talk to your boss about things that have been troubling you. He's going to actually be engaged in those situations. Ladies, I've heard, I've heard many, many times I've got this and this going on at work and these people, and they're not doing this. And how many ladies out there can say that their guys like, well, I don't know what to tell you, honey. It's just work drama. Just ignore it or whatever. If you actually can show him respect and, and empower him enough He's going to be involved even in those conversations with you to try and give you sound advice and give you options on how to address things with your coworkers, with your boss, with situations you have, because then he feels that you actually respect his friggin' opinion on the yeah. matter. Yeah. Because that's also huge. I know a lot of guys out there. They're like, you know, my wife used to come to me and ask my opinion. Now she asked my opinion, but she doesn't really want to hear what I have to say on the matter. Right. She just wants to hear, she doesn't hear, want to hear what I think. She wants to hear what she thinks in a deeper voice. Right. That's it's because that guy has been disrespected to a point where he doesn't feel that you actually value his input and opinion. You don't right. love him enough to care about really what the hell he has to say. Right. So he, he just simply opts out. I'm like, I'm not right. going to participate in the conversation. I'm not going to participate in the battle. I'm not going to go to fight. I'm not going to be invested in what matters to you because you don't really care about what matters to me. Right. So why should I care about what matters to you? Yeah. You know, 
That's, I mean, it's, it's tremendous. I think this is, I think this is an area where, and I've seen, I've experienced this quite a bit. Sure. Um, and I'm sure all men have, yeah. and there, there come, there literally comes a point where you're just like, I don't want to live with, I don't want to live like this for the rest of my life. I don't want to live in a house where I'm disrespected constantly. Right. I want, I don't want to live in a house where the other members of the household show me zero respect. Mm-hmm. I don't want to live in a house, especially where the person that I'm supposed to be with for until I grow old with doesn't really give a shit about what I think about. She has right. no trust in what I think about. She has no, she, she doesn't believe in my judgments as being sound. Because you know what, when I, when I, when I make a judgment on something, I've, there are, there might be 50 other variables that I've thought through already to formulate that judgment. And if that, if, if all of a sudden my judgment doesn't align with her judgment and she says, well, that's, that's a shitty judgment. So I'm going to go with a different thing. You didn't even ask me why right. you didn't even ask me how it was that I came to that judgment. You didn't even say, Hey, I don't, I don't think that's the right thing. What about, let me at least explain to you all of the different variables that I've already taken into consideration to say, I think this is a better judgment. And why can't you at least trust that judgment? You think I want to burn my own house down to the ground. You think I want to live, be homeless. Men don't want that. We're not (laughs) making these judgments and, you know, we're, we're not, we're not making these judgments in a way that to hurt ourselves or hurt our spouse are quite, quite the contrary. Right. So when, when, when men feel this tremendous amount of disrespect, we don't want to be a part of that relationship anymore. You don't, right. you don't respect me. So therefore you, you don't love me anymore. You know, there's a handful of ultimatums that I think stand the test of time. You remember the foot, every dad out there has the foot. Oh, and <laughs> When dad puts the foot, the foot down, down, yeah, that means something. There was that, and and I know that sounds absurd, but go with me for two seconds. That is the line in the sand for a man. I have made my decision. I put my foot down, and that is it. That I don't care how stupid it is, whether it's my son or daughter is going to finish the friggin' broccoli on their plate. Elsewise, they will not get down from the table. They will sleep at the table for the next two days until my, I made my decision. I put my foot down. That is not a signal to the kids. Correct. That now as kids, we always thought that's what it was. Well, your father put his foot down. No, that is a signal to mom. I have made a stand. This is my, I have rose up to cavalry and this is my hill. I'm going to die on Damn Damn straight. for this issue. I don't care what it's about. And ladies, as our significant others, we need you to go, well, shit, the foot is down. <laughs> it's done. Now, if you want to take us into the back bedroom and go, okay, let's talk about the foot, okay? Right. <laughs> let's talk about the decision. Yeah. I understand that you have taken a stand on this, and of course I will support you. However, this is my thought on the issue. 
Trust me, we will absolutely hear that. Not only because we really want to, and we hate putting the proverbial foot down anyway, because yeah. we always recognize that we could look like a total dumbass. Because if the decision turns out to be a wrong one, well, we are standing there alone. <laughs> so <Yeah>. believe me, <laughs> we're looking for a life preserver anyway. Yeah, anyway. So yeah. absolutely, this is the place. Talk us out of this bad position that we might be in. We need some help. <laughs> but help us get out of that. But yeah. that foot stays down out there, whether it's in front of the kids, whether it's at the dinner table, or whether it's, I don't know, out in public where you've taken a stand. This is important enough. And and if the and if the foot has to be taken up or moved, let him do that. Let him do it. Oh my God, for yes. the love of God. Don't don't come back out, honey, and and reissue the decree because now what you've done is you've just taught the you've children. Yep. You've that circumvented they everything. don't need to listen to their father. Right. The they, foot has no weight anymore because you, you can exactly. maneuver it. Even, even if the two of you came to the decision that the foot was improperly put down or it was, it was put down too far to the left or to the right, right? We got to move the foot. Okay, fine. If the wife comes out and reissues that decree, even though they agreed, you've just undercut him. And now Absolutely. you've just showed him tremendous disrespect and the children now realize they can be disrespectful as well. Yes. And that what, whatever dad says, well, mom will talk to him and she'll get it figured out. Dad doesn't really matter. Therefore right. dad's words don't carry any weight. They don't Therefore carry any weight. Uh, I don't need to care about what dad says. Right. Do you see how that just trickle? It just continues on. Right. And there are different ways that we can do that. You know what, yeah. as husbands and fathers, we might not go out there and say, kids, I'm sorry. I, because maybe that's not the right message we want to send to our children, but we know we got to move the foot. And yeah. so what we'll do is we'll look at something that the kid goes and says, you know what, since you actually mowed the lawn last week, you're not grounded for three weeks. You're only grounded for a week. Right. 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 And, and I don't care even if it is, I have to let them sulk in that for a period of time. Right. Let them sit there and contemplate that they are in, I mean, the worst trouble time of served. their life. It's, you get it's, off with time served. Yes, you get off with time served. And yeah. I get to play the warden and I get to go yeah. in and explain to them why I had to put the foot down, what that meant, what led to that. And because I want to alleviate that pain, I'm going to amend that service time. Right. I'm going to amend their I'm sentence. I'm going to put you out on probation. Exactly. I'm going to give you probation, time served. You know, I'll, uh, you know, I'll cut that. And, but now dad gets to one. He gets to save face. He gets to make sure that his family, that he is still respected in the household and especially gets to make sure that the children don't get to just, well, I'll just go talk to mom and she'll just overrule dad anyway. Right. Right. And this, this happened, this can happen. It's not just, you know, at home, this can happen out in public too, where Absolutely. dad says, you know what, that's it. We're leaving now. Yeah. And 
this happens and i've seen this especially at gatherings and parties and things like that oh don't worry about him he's just pissed off and blah 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 no now i'm not only pissed off at the situation i'm pissed off at you honey because you added to this and you disrespected me in front of everybody and and remember what we just said a little bit ago men experience that that sense of disrespect with anger yes so they're they're remember women often cry because they don't feel loved men feel anger when they're disrespected so now now we're angry because we were disrespected at the party and now you're adding to it by saying oh don't mind him he's just being ridiculous Mm -hmm. because you happen to want to stay at the party yep and not only that you have betrayed us because you have chosen everyone else over and that relationship that love that affection yeah over mine right which means you don't care about my love and affection right as much as some handful of random strangers that you would rather seem big in front of instead of standing by me right so these are huge these i I think i i I ultimately think this is probably one of the biggest deal breakers when it comes to relationships for men i could agree with that yeah absolutely all right well we've been talking about this one we just got through this one chapter so we got several more to go through so we're going to talk more about this and hopefully uh uh, learn more about how we are as men. Like I said, this chapter was a, was just explosive for me. I learned so much about myself and I had just the these, it was like all of my relationships, all of my conflicts and relationships flashed before my eyes. Mm-hmm. And, and every single one of them, I said, yes, I felt disrespected. That led to my anger. And what's even worse is when women say, Oh, stop being angry over that. That's not, now you're just being childish. You're being immature. Well, how would you like it if when you felt unloved that you'd start crying and we said, oh, stop that crying. That's just immature. Right. Call me a wambulance, you know? Right. (laughs) Right. You would hate it just as much when you tell us, don't act like that. You're basically telling us don't act as a man. And that's, that's tremendous. And that's just going to add to the conflict and add to that hurt and add to that pain that we guys feel. Now the question becomes, well, how do men make better decisions so that, so that we are acting in a way that is more honorable or more cognizant of our spouse, our family members around us. And I would say, well, you do that by reading our book because then they'll figure out how to make better decisions. (laughs) nice plug i love that (laughs) all right so i'm i you know i'm really excited about this this series i i um i know for a lot of our our usual listeners out there this may seem way um way kind of out there in left field for us but i would challenge you a little bit you know we talk about educating people to live more happier and more empowered lives and become critical thinkers and we've talked numerous times lucy and i have especially in our first year or first season about values and principles Mm -hmm. well these things strike at the core of who we are as individuals so these are principles of life for us especially in regards to relationships which make up who we are i mean most of our lives are about the relationships we have with other people So these are incredibly important ideals 
for us to be cognizant of in our own lives so we can understand who we are as men or women, if you're out there listening. So you know how to interact with the world and what you expect out of other people. So this is really more about critical thinking and empowerment of the individual than it is anything else. I think we've got so wrapped up in um, political discussions here lately. I think uh, this is a good return to some of those critical thinking and empowerment discussions that we set out to have when we first started this podcast up. Yeah, absolutely. So we're, we're going to continue this and, and, you know, hopefully if people listen to it and um, it causes them to approach their relationships in a different way or see, see their spouse in a different way and realize, Oh, now I have an understanding of, I have some of the inside baseball on what they're thinking and going through in reality, it's very simple for, for us to change our behavior in a way to show, to, to provide our spouse what it is that they need to feel the love in their relationship. So hopefully by talking about this and giving our perspectives on this, um, people might live those happier lives. So yep. more, more to come next week. Thank you all for listening. Send us emails at contact at fusionunderground.net. You can find all of our stuff over on Facebook um, and Twitter, all the funky stuff you can find us on spotify <laughs> and apple uh podcast google podcast anywhere you can get podcasts and you can catch us on our on our website at fusionunderground.net for jason moret i'm manuel ramirez and you've been listening to the fusion underground peace we're late have a good night <laughs> <laughs>